0: Care for a rubdown? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Something special is about to happen. Are you waiting to receive my little Venus? Better than Yeah, g'day rubbers, welcome back to the weekly Rub down podcast that rubs down everything NRL supercoach draft, it's your host Natty, I'm here on my Carl Malone, Wooker has got a previous engagement, I think a date meeting, I'm not sure, I assume it's with a male escort, a real classy one though, Uh, Wooker's not a bottom bitch, he'd be be forking out for the big bucks, so I'm just here to talk to you guys a little bit about uh, some pre-season questions that you've thrown at me but also i've got a lot of questions about how we run our challenge day how we pick um uh, a draft order so what we go through on the loveless weekend so i'm going to go through that in detail give you guys a bit of an idea about um, how we run the the draft challenges and also give you uh, you know a little bit of an idea about what you can do for yours as well so but before we get into that a little bit of housekeeping here so the patreon's still firing on all cylinders still time to get in for you before you draft this weekend but also subscribe and get ready for the the um, the season because it's going to be unbelievable, the content that we're going to have on there. But at the moment, we've obviously got all our draft rankings for all positions, hooker, front row forward, to RF, halfback, 5'8", CTW, fullback. We've got the pre-season team and positional strength of schedule, top 30 draft picks, player ceiling analysis, dual position rankings, sleepers, booms, busts, all the top 10s for them. And of course, the Holy Grail, the draft cheat sheet, something that you can print off and have next to. You when you're drafting very, very, are proud of the stuff that we've developed there for the preseason. And to be honest, and I think we've said this before, the content that we've created in the preseason, the Patreon, wasn't actually what we developed the Patreon for. It's more for the in-season stuff. So if you guys are excited about what you've been able to get your hands on so far in the Wiggler Up Down Patreon, it's gonna fucking blow your mind come kickoff because that's when things gets really juicy. That's when we talk about our matchups. We'll have a matchup stats for each game strength of schedule going on through the season I'll let Wook talk more about it next week but yeah it is very very sexy we both use it throughout our season to crush our leagues and we hope you guys can use it as well Um, another one tipping comp for the weekly rubdown that's uh, building nicely plenty of people getting involved there you can just download the ESPN uh, footy tipping app and just search the weekly rubdown. Um, You'll find us and you can join the comp there or just go to footytips.com.au and sign up to the weekly rubdown footy tipping comp. Free to enter. Standard rules apply for uh just your tipping comps and BlueBet putting up $200 for the winner. Winner takes all. It's as easy as you like. Money for all, right? please, get in there, get involved, and remember, if you're gonna bet, bet with Bluebet, gamble responsibly, they're the best, get amongst it. All right, all that is done and dusted, housekeeping finished, let's get into some draft tips. So, draft tip number one, be prepared. So when I talk about be prepared, do the work in the preseason. Listen to the podcasts, read the articles, get your pre-draft list done and dusted and sorted, have your notes next year, your post notes, whatever you like, Excel spreadsheets, just be prepared. Have all the knowledge there ready to go, whether it's up in your noggin or on a sheet of paper, draft cheat sheet, however you operate, that's fine. Just be prepared so that when things change and it all goes to shit in your draft, because trust me, it will... You're going to have the knowledge there and the study to back it up and to move and change and make good decisions when the pressure is on. Number two, and this ties in nicely to number one, is be like water. Bruce Lee said it best, the draft is going to go in a way that you didn't predict. You're going to have to be shapeless, be formless, and be able to move with the draft and be able to adapt. And look, you might draft a guy that you just didn't think you were going to have in your team. Now your whole strategy is based around that first early pick of a guy that you didn't think you were going to get. Move, shift, change, and now have a strategy in place to go around that that new whatever's happened in the draft. Be like water. Um, don't be so rigid. If you have a rigid plan, you are going to fucking crumble under the pressure. Number three, don't be a sucker. So again, ties into nicely to be like water, Don't be a sucker. There's going to be a run on a position at some point in the draft. You know, just say it's halfback. You're looking at round three, round four, round five, around there. Say round three happens and five halfbacks just go bang, 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 bang. You haven't got a halfback yet. You're freaking out. All of a sudden, you're looking at Milford and, you know, just going, shit, do I pick up Milford in the fourth round? No, you don't. I mean, that is a bit of a hyperbolic example, but no, you fucking don't. Don't worry about halfback. There is going to be value elsewhere in the draft because there's been a run on halfbacks. So you need to keep your head on a swivel, have a look at what's going on in the draft. Where is that value elsewhere? Is it to RF? Are they slipping on some guys and tail because of this run with halfbacks? Don't be a sucker. Don't get sucked in. Number four, back your gut. I love this one. And it is back your gut season at the moment. A lot of people getting in contact with me saying, What do I do here? Um, Pick blah, blah, blah. And if this guy slips to me, who do I decide out of these two guys? We've given you so much information over the preseason. Now it's up to you. You need to make the call. You need to back your gut. You know, is it Latrell? Is it Turbo? My personal opinion is Turbo. I'm backing my gut on Turbo. You need to back your gut and stick by it and yeah, just trust your instincts. You've got, you've done all the work. You've done step number one. You've you're prepared. You've done the study. You've listened to the podcast. You let read the articles. You've kept your finger on the pot pulse. Now it's time to back your gut. And the other thing with back your gut is, have fun with it. Pick guys that you like that may not suit. The statistics sheet that might might not look good on paper. For example, I love Pat Carrigan, I love Brian To, I love Greg Marzu. Now I'm going to back my gut and take those guys over guys that look better on, on the the draft sheet statistically, because I'm trusting my instincts here. I'm taking those guys um, because I like them because I want them in my team and they're going to increase the enjoyment of draft for me. So I back my gut in those decisions. I take those guys that are going to. Overall, increase um, Super Ghost draft for me. I'm gonna have fun with more fun with those guys in my team. And number five, bang, have fun with it. Have fun during the draft. Have fun. Uh, throughout the season, banter, bets, get amongst it. Uh, Definitely, if you can, if you've got mates, try and set up an end-of-season trip after the season or if you want to do it like us and have uh, a draft challenge weekend before the season starts. The best thing about draft and why I created our league, the Loveless League, is to keep blokes in touch, to have something to look forward to on the calendar every year. It's set in place, something that you guys know that's coming up that you're going to catch up. Like we all get older, we've all got kids. I think it's getting harder to catch up, to go to the pub, to have a drink, and then you might have moved away from your mates and things like that. This is perfect. It's something you've got every year. Keep the banner flowing throughout the year on WhatsApp or Facebook uh, Messenger or whatever you've got going. And then you've got that catch up at the end of the year. Um yeah, I just think it's a perfect way to play draft and it's literally why I started the Loveless League, to keep all the boys in touch. And we've got our challenge day coming up this weekend and all the boys are just frothing. So yeah, those are the five tips to reiterate. Number one, be prepared. Number two, be like water. Number three, don't be a sucker. Number four, back your gut. Number five, have fun with it. All right, guys. uh, Now I've had so many questions about the challenge day. Um, so I'm going to, just let me get this up. I'm going to go through the challenge day and all the challenges that we've got set up for the day. Um, it's a full day and it's going to set up the draft positions for everyone on the Sunday when we draft. Now we do it pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. And a lot of people wouldn't do it this way, but we wanted to give whoever came first in the challenge day, a bit of a boost, not just getting pick one, but you really wanna make that get coming first in the challenge day worth something. So we've made the first two rounds linear, which means if you come first, you get pick one and pick 13. And then after those linear two linear rounds, it goes back to snake. So if you win the draft day, you are getting pick one and pick 13. It is a big boost. I know what you're thinking. Oh, you can't win it. You, uh, you can't lose it from there. Trust me, you can. A guy that came ninth won it last year. So it isn't impossible. Um, and with a betting league, anything can happen. But we just wanted to make this day it more emphasis on this day um, and have everyone fighting and clawing and biting and bashing, trying to get that number one pick and trying to win all the challenges. All right, let's get into the challenges. So... We've got closest to the pin. It's pretty easy, kicking a footy and trying to get closest to a bucket. Uh, if you get in the bucket, you get uh, a maximum amount of points, but the kicker is here, uh, it's 15 meters, but you've got to clear a clearer mark that's three meters away from the start. So you've got, it can't be just a grubber. You've got to chip it and try and get it as close to the bucket. Really easy, one kick, two rounds. Um, and obviously first place gets 12 points, last place gets one and you move on. Next challenge, drop out. This is fucking heaps easy. You get one drop out, drop punt to kick it as far as possible. If you don't like your first kick, you can go again, but your first kick is deleted. So if you shank the second one, too fucking bad. That's it. Furtherest gets 12 points, shortest gets one point. Okay, now the winner of last year's comp. Uh, So the current champion gets to pick the theme. Everyone has to come dressed as that theme. For example, this year is villains and heroes. So, and then we have a costume comp. So everyone turns up in their costume. Everyone gets a rating sheet. The costume that you like the best gets 12 points. The one you like the least gets one. So that's a challenge in itself to make sure that everyone puts in for their costume and gets amongst it. Nothing better than everyone getting dressed up to the nines with a really good costume and then having a challenge day getting on the piss, it cannot be beat. Uh, another one, so we've got a pop-up passing target. So we have two distances, five meters and 10 meters to pass into the target. You have one pass each hand at each distance. So at five meters, you have a left and a right pass and 10 meters left and right pass. One point at the five meter mark, three points for the 10 meter mark. And you tally it up, you have two rounds. If there's a head to head, You have four passes with any hand you like um, from the five metre mark, most through the target move on. So pretty easy there, passing challenge. Then we move on to grubbers. So we spray paint a really big target. Bullseye is 10. The next outer ring is five points. Outer ring, a pass that is three. And the last ring is one point. 15 metres away from the bullseye and you have to have two grubbers. So you have two balls. The first kick is from your dominant foot, and you grubber that in towards the target. The next kick is from your non-dominant foot, but it has to be on the move, and you have to do it before the three-meter target that's in front of you. That sounds a little bit convoluted, but when you're there and you're doing it, it's pretty easy. You just kick it with one foot to try and get it as close to the target as possible. Then you're moving, and you kick it with your non-dominant foot. Um, and then you just, tallied up. There's two rounds for the grubber. You tally up the points that you get in the bullseye and obviously 12 points to the winner of that challenge, one point to the loser. Tiebreaker, if there is one with the points, it's one kick from the first cone closest to the bullseye wins. Okay, then we have cornhole. Um, So we have a cornhole set up. We have one target. You have, it's about eight meters away from the start. Six rounds. Each player tosses all eight bags. If the ground hits, if the bag hits the ground before the board, it's a fail. Um, and then, so each round, the lowest two scores are eliminated, and they must face off for their places. So, first round, two people are eliminated. They're obviously going to be twelfth place and eleventh place, and they face off head to head two boards to find out who's 12th and who's 11th. Uh, So they're four passes, four bags each, four red, four blue, and they go pass a pass and to see who uh, gets 12th and who gets 11th. And that goes on throughout the six rounds until we get a winner. Next one is Giant Pong. So we have huge buckets set up like Beer Pong, but instead of throwing a ball, Um, we throw three round balls and kick one beach footy. Each bucket has a different, um, number in it. And that's how many points you get. So the outer buckets have three, the inner buckets have one, and then you just go. So you get double points for the the footy that you kick and just single points for the ball. Two, six, same thing with the, uh, the last one that I talked about, the cornhole. Six rounds, Least the two lowest points in each round they face off to find out their places. Then we've got Mario Kart tournament. So this will happen like at 8 p.m. at night. We will be hammered. We'll see how this goes. Sometimes these ones late in the day when we're all hammered get canned. But anyway, we've got it set up. Mario Kart, I've got one of those old Super Nintendo 2, like the very first Mario Kart, and we do time trials. It's a big tournament set up. We've got a big whiteboard, and you play, obviously, First to get knocked out gets, gets one point, and the winner of the twelve tournament gets 12 points. So Mario Kart's a really good one. We have a relay. So in teams of two, you have to sort of do a relay with five challenges in, in quick succession and it's timed. So first one is flip cup, so you have to flip a cup off the top, the side of the table so it lands back up on the top of itself. You have a pong bounce, so bouncing a ping pong into a cup on one bounce. Cornhole throw, you have to just get one bag in from eight meters. A bucket throw, again, you just have to get the ball in from five meters away and then you have to skull a beer. Time stops as soon as the beer is on top of your head and empty. So, and we do it sort of um, matched up against each other. So it's one line, one table, one team's on one side and the other team's on the other and you race each other. Uh, and then we have the Cruiser Pong tournament. This is the next day actually. So we wake up and one of the first things we do is play this Cruiser Pong tournament. The reason why it's Cruiser Pong is we'll be hungover, and no one's going to want to drink beer. So we'll fill the cups with cruisers. Tournament bracket for for beer pong and yep the winning team gets 12 points each and the lowest team gets one last one is the marble race so build it, you just build a marble race timber with all sorts of different obstacles on it everyone picks their marble six races uh and you tally up your place for each of those races 12 points for the win or one point for last um, and you just do the marble race. So we do all those challenges throughout the day and the morning of the next day. And then at the end of it, you tally up all your points and you find out who came first, who came last. And that rank ranking system at the end of the challenges is where you draft. And we literally draft two hours later. Um, and that's our challenge day. So we've got a couple of kegs heaps of cartons of beer we're all dressed up we go uh and stay at a house for the weekend we've got a couple of little blokes from down south most of us are up here where i live on the gold coast we've obviously got walker and his mate riso down south we'll drive together to meet at sort of a neutral venue and we just get amongst it and it's so good obviously drafting all in the same room as well is really good uh, i love to draft in the same room as, as people because i I'm a pest. You know this, people. I will be an absolute menace. I I forgot one of the the main things about this podcast. Let me give me a lips around this one. Mark Tinicello, thanks for coming. All right, so that's the challenges. I also put out the call for some questions. Last-ditch, last-minute questions before your draft this weekend. Excuse me. I'd like to ask you a few questions. You want answers? You know the question. Are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? I'm Ron Burgundy. I'm sure you're all going to DM us Friday, Saturday, Sunday when it's around your draft time, but I'll tell you now, we ain't getting back to you. It's a weekend. Phones will be in the freezer. We won't be doing anything with our phones. Um, so you just will get silence from us. So I thought I'd put the call out for some questions to get this done before we head away so some patreon questions that wooker got for me uh who do you value more Naden or tommy talao i like tommy talao i think that he's been sort of under under an injury cloud for the last couple of seasons it'd be good to see how he goes with a full preseason looking good Uh, so i'd take tommy talao there how many minutes does Murchie get look if he gets the spot, I've got no idea at the moment. If I was to guess with no lane, I think he would get big minutes, at least 70. But that is an absolute guess for me. Pick six in a 12-man draft, around 26 is the grand final, do I take Luttrell? No, not for me. Uh, and we've gone over this at Nauseam about why you draft to win, you draft for the finals, and I just couldn't. Take Latrell if I didn't have him in my grand final. Uh, With Ponga getting Jewel, does that change his draft value? 100%, it does. So actually, Wook and I in the Listener League, we we sort of playing 3D chess there for a while. So we we drafted Ponga in the third round at fullback, and then knowing that he was going to get Jewel. Reese Walsh was sitting there like in round six or seven it was huge value and we thought we would draft him in full knowledge that we knew that Ponga would get dual and we could move Ponga up to six so just that flexibility just gives you so much so yeah it definitely um, increases his value I've seen Ponga go in a lot of drafts in that round three and I'm happy with that uh, where do you take Lane now with his injury? This is a really interesting one. Look, he's probably out for at least six weeks. So if he's sitting there in round five, so picks 40 plus, I still think you can take him there. Pick four with depth at fullback. Is it better to take Grant at hooker? No, I would much rather take Cameron Munzer at 5'8 at pick four. What do you guys think about drafting Gussie? take the punt in round two and hope he's back mid-season question mark this i've gotten so many fucking questions about gussie we've got no idea what's happening guys Uh, i wish i did um but yeah the one rule of thumb that i'm sort of working on here if there's any sort of uncertainty with players no matter how good they are i'm not taking them in the first two rounds now if gussie is there sort of picks 20 plus I'll take him for sure in that round three but I'm not taking him in those um those first two rounds just because of the uncertainty same with Pappenhausen same with anyone that you know is going to have a buy in those crucial rounds in the Supercoach Finals. I'm just not taking them in those first two picks. Those first two picks are so crucial, guys. They really are. They are. They make or break your season. So they've got to be bang on, zero uncertain. You know what you're going to get from especially if you're playing captain's lead. You cannot fuck that up. Um, yeah, so plenty of questions about Gussie coming in. Some more questions. We've got, hey, lads, this is more an in-season question, but what are your thoughts on captaining your worst player at the start of the season to lose a game or two in order to snag those early waiver claims. Not a bad strategy, to be honest, uh, because it is really tasty to have a high waiver pick uh, in those early rounds when teams are sort of ironing out their team lists. So I can see merit behind it for sure, but only for a couple of rounds. Do you know what I mean? Like if you leave it too long and you put too much distance between you and the winner – yeah, especially if you you're only run, say it's a 12-man league and you're only running with like a top four or top five to make the finals. You don't want to be behind the eight ball too much to start the season. But I can see some merit behind that. Get some good waiver claims um, early on in the season. I like it. That's thinking outside the uh, the box there. Uh, if you're a pick 10 in a 10-man, are you looking for upside? Uh, are you better off with Dewey or Hughes paired with Fafita? Or Papa Papalei or Manu um yeah a lot of people talking about Dewey over Hughes this is the hill we're gonna die on the rubdown we love Hughes we think he's gonna be uh, he's gonna be averaging pretty similar to Dewey and Burton and those guys I think the 58 is deeper than halfback so there's a tick for Hughes there but also storm strength of schedule in the Supercoach Finals, is much better. Storm's one of the best, to be honest. And the the way that they'll be setting up for those games, I think Hughes will score big. So those are the reasons why I've got Hughes over the other guys. But I cannot push back if you want Dewey and you're in your gut. Uh, In the Listener League, Hughes was taken before we could get our hands on him. We were the turn pick, so picks 10 and 11. We took uh, Isaiah Papali'i and Manu. So... Went void on the spine picks, but picked, uh, you know, a really solid second rower and paired him with someone with lovely upside, playing for a really high octane attacking team, and then we were able to to nail our spine later on. You know, we picked Ponga in round three. We doubled down with Walsh. Uh, I think we got Ben Hunt. I don't know fucking Ben Hunt, but it had to be done. At, I think it was eighty five plus, so that had to be done. And then we got Adam Reynolds in the pick. 100 plus um and then ended up with jaden braley so our spine ended up looking really good although we didn't target a spine player in the first two picks so it always go keep your head on a swivel people you gotta be around and get that value baby um uh insane tap on no it's not one bit of a different one here for smaller For a smaller captain's league, four or six teams, are you better off chasing big upside players early uh, and even double up on lower depth position, e.g. fullback, halfback, 5'8", and leave positions with more depth and less upside later? 100%. 100. You need, if you're playing captains and you've got less players in, uh, less teams in your league, all about upside. Because upside are going to win you games, that's going to win you leagues. So I would... I would be choosing upside players every time you have a conundrum over who you're going to take. Always take the one with upside. If it's a 2RF and a 2RF, um, take the strike edge back rower over, say, a lock or someone like that. Upside wins games, especially in captaincy leagues. All right, we'll get those are the Patreon questions. Let's get into some Instagram questions. If I just get this up. Jeez, I'm out of breath. Trying to fill the silence here without another sparring partner is fucking hectic. Got it. Okay, I've got number one uh, draft. Based on ADP, I take Cleary. Who else makes the top four? Cleary, Hines, Turbo, and Mad Dog for us. But if you are playing in round 25 as your grand final, Latrell moves up and Mad Dog moves back down into fifth spot. Uh, After watching the trials, Cleary or Hines, uh, Appy is a big loss for Panthers. Still got to take Cleary there. He's the best in the world. Where do you draft Gus? Talked about that earlier. Um, You're set on Hughes as a first, second-round pick uh, when you could snag a DCE, Walker, or Fogarty in... Uh, round three, round four. Talked about Hughes just a second ago. The reason we like him so much is his strength of schedule and obviously um, playing in a really good attacking team. I think without that injury that's hanging over his health with that calf or whatever he had at the back end of the last season, I think he'd be hyped. I think he'll have to take a bigger, stronger role on this Storm side. But I do see merit in what you're talking about here. Obviously, if you can get Sam Walker in round four, I do like that as a value play. Will you get him in round four? I do. Doubt it, but I would rather take Hughes, sort of like that 10, 11, 12 pick, and partner him up with a nice two RF or an upside guy or something like that, Um, and they just have that sorted. Like I said, we've picked that hill, and we're going to die on that hill. Do you reckon Aaron Clark retains his lock position this year? He's a hooker, smoky Yes, he is. I think it's all up to Aaron whether he keeps that lock spot. I think. They'll probably start with him at 13. If he plays well enough, you know, it's his to lose. Turbo or Trell pick three in a 12-man league grand final round 25. This is close. This is very close. And to be honest, I'd probably take Latrell. One, big man crush. Love him. Love having him in my side. Love watching him play rugby league. Love him when he's in my super coach side as well. Bunnies have a better strength of schedule through those rounds if your grand final is round 25, so that helps as well. Obviously, you don't have the injury cloud that's hanging over turbo either. So I'll make the call there and go Littrell over turbo if your grand final is round 25. Uh, first five-round pick. Okay, so this is a bet question. So in the first bet of the season, and this is what happens in the Loveless League and the Listener League, the first bet it's player versus player, but it has to be a top five round player that you so top five draft um, player so a guy that you've drafted in the first five rounds that's who you have to put up so say it's me and Wooker and I put up I drafted Ponga in round three he drafted Adam Dewey in round three and I put up Ponga he puts up Dewey winner highest score out of those two players wins and wins that player now this person is asked do you draft a sneaky left field player to, or do you stick, in, stick to the plan? So I always stick to the plan, but I know that a lot of people in our league do draft uh, specifically for that round one bet. I know Wooker does. I know another bloke went really early on, Matt Burton, and then shored up another 5'8, position, another 5'8 player to have a backup. So he used Matt Burton in the bet. He obviously lost the bet. Um, But he had a backup 5-8 ready to go. So there are a few people in our league that do draft with um, that in mind, that that bet is coming up. Following the May injury, where do we take Taruva? Risk is he doesn't get the CTW. Yeah, look, it'd have to be picks 80 plus for me to get Taruva. What round do you take to? Oh, I could not push back on someone taking him late round two. I'd rather take him in early round three. But yeah, I've been seeing him go sort of that pick 18, to say twenty three, and I agree with that. Especially if he moves back to the left, um, yeah, big on top for sure. Uh, yeah, is Schuster a good player, but bad in fantasy all. Or- Will his points come through for a 45 average? Look, I honestly think he can smash a 45 average. He's going to start the year with a bit of a calf injury I just read. So he's not going to be right for round one. But his skill's there. He's looking lighter. He's looking fitter. Turbo's going to be in this side. You would have to think this guy can get a 45 average. I have to believe that. Also, Jewel, 2RF5.8. That's going to be handy. Um, Yeah, just I'm a believer. I have to be. Starting Wilton over Nekora. Now, if Wilton gets that left edge spot 100%, I would start T. Wilton over Britton Nakora. But it's a wait and see to see if he gets that start over Wade Graham. Tino or Carrigan? Well, you know my fucking answer here, and it's Carrigan. But that's just me back in my gut and getting my man crush in. On paper, Tino is definitely the better draft pick. Statistically, he's got Jewel as well. That makes him better. Um, so he's a, he's a better draft pick on paper, but I would definitely back my gut and take Kerrigan because I want him in my side. Uh, and then that's it. That's it, guys. That's all the questions. So I hope that helped everyone that, that got in um, touch with us. I tried to pick the best one. We got a lot of questions through. I didn't want to go through absolutely every single one. I tried to nitpick the best ones that I could. But look, get out there. Enjoy yourselves this weekend. Uh, if you got your draft on, I hope you fucking crush it. Wook and I will be back with the weekly rub down next week. We probably won't do a waiver wire rub down just because leagues are getting set up at all different times, drafts at different times, and shit like that. So waiver periods are all over the place, but we will do a team list. Um, podcast is talking about the ins and outs uh, and maybe some guys that are sitting at low ownership that we think should be insides. Uh, we've also got the Chase Your Losses podcast returning for 2023. That'll be out later on this week, talking futures here with Rando. And then we'll be back in the full swing of things for punting in the NRL season 2023 next week for round one. But that's it, guys thanks for massive preseason obviously everyone getting involved with the patreon that's that's just blown our minds that we thank you so much plenty more to come on the wire as well with the show with guru uh we'll be doing that every month so that's exciting you're gonna have to deal with their ugly mugs on youtube we'll be doing that as i said every month and just talking about your flips and fetches your waiver claims our teams how we're going in our leagues just banter and draft so good I'm um, just frothing that at the moment. Yeah, I'm going to get out of here. That's enough dribble from me. Uh, there are many things a man can do with his time. And this is fucking better than those things. Catch us next round on the Weekly Rubdown. You can take me now. have seen it Get that into you. <laughs>